welcome to CryptoCast. I'm Ray Doherty. Thanks for joining me for episode 5 of Tales from the Past. As always, I try to present an interesting show for you all to listen to and to enjoy. If you think so, please give this video a like and please consider subscribing to the channel so that you can get updates of my two CryptoCast podcasts as they become available. Because believe me, we have a lot of fascinating interviews and stories coming up in the weeks and months ahead. So please, stick around and subscribe. In today's episode, we have two very, very important stories. So let's not waste time, pardon the pun, and let's travel back in time to the bygone era, thanks to Trove, nla.gov.au, and also thanks to New Zealand's paper, paperspast.natlib.gov.nz, which is the New Zealand version of Trove. But we've got some important stories, so let's travel back in time. The first story today is a very is very important for several reasons. Firstly, this story not only details a fascinating encounter at Pierce's Creek in the ACT. But on the back end of this story, it briefly details the account of local indigenous people hunting and killing a hairy man or yaoi. That's right. It is the first recorded case of a yaoi being killed recorded in a major Australian newspaper. This is not made up. It is in print as having occurred based on the teller of the story, which in those days, of course, great stock was put into the witnesses by the newspaper men. The second important fact, and I have explained this before, the, ways the, paper, the way the papers were written in those days was not very complimentary towards Indigenous peoples of Australia and indeed foreigners. And I've always tried my best in the past to edit those papers, to edit those stories, so that they are more conducive towards today's standards. However, I was of the view, from an editorial standpoint, that given that this story was historic, it was important to keep it in content, in context. And I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's important, it's very important to read this particular story as it was printed. The third important factor is that I have a guest reader. David Reed of Southwest Yowie Research is not only one of Australia's most respected Yowie researchers, but a specialist of the ACT region. This area is his backyard, and it was this story that was responsible for getting Dave into Yowie research. So with that said, it's over to you, Dave. Was it the hairy man, Yahoo, or the wild black fellow, or the aboriginals? If it was neither, what was it? To the editor. Sir, I send you an account of what took place when some strange animal came very close to where my brothers and I were camped many years ago. Upon this occasion, we were out at Pierce's Creek, a small stream between the Tidbinbilla Mountains and the Cotter River, in search of cattle. In the early part of the day, we came upon the remains of a cow of ours. We recognised the beast by the head, as the blacks would only take the tongue out. That the blacks had speared and roasted was evidence by their stone oven, which was close by. 
We searched the creek during the day and having seen no indications of cattle being there, we decided to return to where the cow had been killed and camp there for the night. It was a good place for the safekeeping of our horses. The weather was very hot and dry. It was in the month of March. There was no moon. None of us had a match. We had supper as usual and lay down. Sometime during the night, I think it must have been late, I awoke, the others were asleep, and I heard a noise similar to what an entire horse makes. I heard it again and awoke the others. We heard it some four or five times, and the noise came, but we could hear it walking along on the opposite side of the range, and when in a line with our camp, we could hear it coming down in our direction. As it came along, we could hear its heavy breathing. About this time, the dogs became terrified and crouched against us for protection. On account of a fallen tree being on the side the thing was coming, it had to come on one side or the other to get to where we were. My brother Joseph was on the lower side of the tree. I was on the upper side and my brother William in the centre. Not many seconds passed before Joseph sang out, Here the thing is, and fired a small pistol he carried. Thing is, he carried it at it. Neither William nor myself coming to the scrub got a sight of it. Joe says it was like a black fellow with a blanket on him. We did not hear it going away. We then tried to set our three dogs after it, thinking they might find out where the thing went, but we could not get them to move. Had the thing been a little later in coming, we would have seen what it was as the day began to draw in less than a quarter of an hour after Joe fired at it. Yours, etc., George Graham Webb. Woodstock, Uriara. P.S. Having interviewed Henry Williams in Re the Animal He Saw the Blacks Kill, he pointed out to Mr. J. MacDonald and myself the height he, William, was at the time, and we considered he would be from 10 to 12 years old. The locality where the blacks killed it was below the junction of the Yass River and the Murrumbidgee. The animal got into some cliffs of rocks, and the blacks got torches to find out where it was hidden, and then killed it with their nullinullas. There was a great many blacks at the killing, and he saw two dragging it down the hill by its legs. It was like a black man, but covered with grey hair. George Graham Webb. Thanks, Dave. Fascinating, wasn't it? The encounter, and of course, what he described after that between the Yowie and the local Indigenous people. Did you catch what colour Dave said it was? It was grey. Interesting, isn't it? Maybe they age like we do. I'm pretty sure they do. Remember, this story took place many years before it was reported in the newspaper in 1903. So potentially, these encounters could have happened 130 or 140 years ago. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Just think about it. We are reading stories from that far in the past, maybe up to 140 years ago. It's hard to wrap your head around that, isn't it? I think it is. That's why these stories are so fantastic that they're documented. They occurred in history such a long time ago before any of us were born, before any of us knew about Yahweh's, and yet here they are in print, in black and white. This next story is also of historical significance, and it is from New Zealand. There are a lot of cryptid stories in New Zealand from various different creatures, from the moa to the taniwa, a water-dwelling creature, to reach giant eagles, and of course, about the mohu man. We will be including 
a lot more from New Zealand as we move forward and expand on this series. But for now, let's read this story because it is very, very special because it is the first recorded account or sighting, but the first recorded account of the Mohu man to go into print. It's only a short story, but let's get into it. Now, the original story was printed in the Wellington newspaper on Wednesday, the 5th of February, 1952. This article comes from the Maryborough Chronicle on Wednesday, the 6th of February, 1952. So the day later. On page two, it reads, Does Coromandel own a gorilla? Wellington, Feb 5. Persistent reports from the Coromandel Peninsula say that a strange hairy creature thought by some to be a gorilla lurks in the wild bush in the country of the Mohu Range. Latest reports come from two pig hunters, pig hunters, Roy Norman and Douglas Tawana. They say they caught glimpses of a hairy creature or possibly a gorilla running along a bush track in the area. Mr. F. Wenslick said last night that several years ago a gorilla escaped from a ship laying off the peninsula. Since then, there has been reported rumours of strange occurrences in the hill. A hunter, Mr. Beasley, found a cave with evidence of a man or beast living under primitive conditions. The cave contained bones of animals presumably eaten raw. This was the first ever recorded story in print of the Mohu Man from the Coromandel Ranges or the Mohu Ranges in New Zealand. And since this day, the sightings persist, the stories persist. Not as frequent as the Yowie stories, but they still persist nonetheless. And in a country like New Zealand with such deep, dark, beautiful forests, rugged mountains and isolated remote regions, anything is possible. Our third and final story today, The Crow of the Mountains Hairy Man, as reported by the Richmond River Herald and Northern District's advertiser, Friday, 5th of May, 1893, page 4. The sensation created two or three years ago by a report that a hairy man or orangutan had been seen in the Crowther Mountains, Young, was revived the other day by a statement made by Mr. Costello of the Korawatha Hotel that shortly after passing through the boundary gate to a station, he came upon the self-same curiosity and was not at the time more than 30 yards distant. Unfortunately, this was another instance of what a man may see when he was without a gun. The morning was perfectly clear, so that there could be no mistake. Indeed, Mr. Costello is prepared to verify his statement by statutory declaration. It is said that some years ago, an orangutan was lost by a menagerie travelling from Cowra to Young. But whether this explanation is sufficient to account for what Mr. Costello saw recently, we cannot say. Only another short one, but yet, nonetheless, a very significant one. Have you noticed through this series of tales from the past that what we've been able to find on Trove so far, most of these stories have occurred between the Brindabellas and all the way up to sort of Coffs Harbour-ish inland Armadale region and through that middle stretch, up through the Dividing Range, the farmland and the gold field areas, gold mining areas, all the way up through that central band of Victoria, New South Wales, up to the Queensland border. 
In fact, we haven't had many stories from Queensland at all. But the ACT in New South Wales during these days of establishing Australia and establishing the industry and the agriculture and the primary industries, this is where all the sightings occurred. And there's plenty, plenty of them. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed as pretty historic stories, these two. The first one of a reported killing of a Yowie, not to mention a great encounter, and then the first reported story of the Mohu Man. Join us next time in episode six, when we delve deeper into the past with more stories from Trove and from Papers Past in New Zealand. I'm Ray Doherty. Thanks for listening.